With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's the Crossover Sports Illustrated's NBA show. Breaking down the latest news, rumors, and everything in between. Here's your host, Chris Mannix, Rohan, and Chris Aaron. Welcome back to another episode of the Crossover Podcast. I'm Rohan Anthony, joined today by not one, but two Sports Illustrated senior writers. He is the New York Times bestselling author of the book, Blood in the Garden, Chris Herring. And he has been writing about basketball for two decades now, Chris Mannix is on the show as well. Guys, how is your uh, summer going so far? No, no, no. <laughs> Me and Chris no, was having the no, stare down, the Diddy no, stare down. <laughs> no one was prepared. No one was prepared for a friendly intro on all fronts. Just completely, just completely shook up the vibe. It's been like 12 minutes since we spoke to each other last. He's like, how's summer been? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I think I'm good with small talk for the moment, Rohan. I think, um, <laughs> checks I think out. I'm cool. <laughs> checks out. Um, all right, guys. A ton of things I actually want to get to on this podcast today. Uh, free agency starting just a couple days from now from when we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. And it'll be an interesting period. I'm not expecting necessarily a ton of movement, uh, just the limited cap space around the league. Um I want to start with a team that we have actually not discussed too much so far this summer. And that's the Milwaukee Bucks, who are the number one overall seed in the NBA last season. Um, obviously exited in the first round, changed their coach, uh, firing Mike Budenholzer, um, who won a championship with them, obviously, in 2021. This is a sneaky, pivotal offseason for Milwaukee. And I don't know that it's necessarily being given enough attention, just how important this offseason is for them. Obviously, that team has a pretty old core to begin with. Uh, but Brooke Lopez is kind of a major free agent. Um, a lot of teams being linked to him. Uh, Houston, 
uh, chief among them, I would say, a team with a lot of cap space who could use uh, someone like Brooke Lopez. Chris Middleton is a free agent. I think most people expect him to go back to Milwaukee, uh, even though, again, he's someone who's going to be attractive to a lot of teams. Um, Mannix, I'll start with you. Do, you. do you get the sense that there's any maybe hesitation or concern? I, I guess other teams wouldn't be concerned, but what's the vibe around the league about Milwaukee's position moving forward? Uh, short term, I think they're still in a pretty good position. Uh, Chris Middleton opted out of the final year of that contract, but guys don't opt out of that last year of a deal of what, 36, $37 million, whatever he was going to get without knowing that money is out there. And I think it's out there with Milwaukee. Uh, you know, the Bucks understand, you know, the chemistry between Middleton and Giannis is very good. Like they won a championship together and, you know, even though they might be overpaying for him on a four-year deal that could be worth somewhere between 120 and 140, uh, I think they're willing to do it. So I would expect Chris Middleton to be back in Milwaukee on a new deal relatively quickly in free agency. Brooke Lopez might be that, – that's a little bit more difficult, I think. Uh, you know, Lopez loves it in Milwaukee, has in many ways reinvented himself in Milwaukee, has been a pivotal player uh, alongside Giannis, like as has been said many times before, Brooke Lopez might be the greatest box out guy in the NBA. <laughs> like his ability to clear space for Giannis and others in the paint is a valuable commodity to Milwaukee. The question is going to be, you know, what does the market look like for Brooke Lopez? What kind of deal can he command? I mean, Brooke Lopez, 35 years old right now, which means I think he's limited to what a three year deal. Because of the over right, 38, the over 38 rule. rule. That's correct. Right. So, uh, you know, is there a team out there willing to go like three years, 60 million or more for Brook Lopez? Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that right now. I know Milwaukee wants him back. I think Brook Lopez would like to be back, but this is probably the last big contract of Lopez's career. And, and he's going to look to maximize that value. That's for sure. So I think Middleton almost certainly will be back. Lopez, I think it's better than 50-50 that he's back, but that one is certainly more complicated. Uh, Herring, before I go to you, I just want to throw out there, the Bucks, you know, they're kind of flirting with the second apron, especially if they do bring back Brooke Lopez. They have this bird rights on. So let's say his market does get up to around $20 million. Houston, for example, could throw a de-escalating contract at Brooke Lopez, give him a huge number in the first year, and then it kind of hamstrings Milwaukee a little bit that, you know, Jay Crowder didn't play for them, but he's going to be a free agent. They have Bobby Portis signed up, but they don't really have a brilliant supporting cast, I would say. You see what teams are doing, loading up around the league. Herring, what would a, a Brooke Lopez loss mean on the floor for Milwaukee, considering how important he's been to their defensive identity over the years and the fact that there are very few centers in the league that can defend and shoot at his level? That's a big loss for them if, if he doesn't come back. It's part of the reason that I think, uh, and we've said this before, like it, it's it's a challenging spot for smaller market teams to do this, but when you have a generational talent on your team, uh, and, and, and they saw the light, you know, the, the year that Giannis, when they were trying to lock Giannis in before the Supermax situation, they got Drew Holiday. They were trying to go out and get Bogdanovich as well. Um, they fell short of that because of, uh, you know, the tampering stuff and what have you. 
But they they knew going in, just like they did when they traded all those picks for Drew Holiday, this is your the one thing you make sure you don't screw up. You don't screw up when you've got a generational talent on your team. And frankly, the Middleton calculation is part of that. I would imagine that Lopez is the same way, where you fundamentally lose something that, given your cap situation, you can't just replace. You can't just go out. And, and teams have always been prone to make mistakes when you've got a bird's right, bird rights sort of player on your team. You can't replace them salary cap-wise. You can go above the cap to keep them, but you, there's no replacing them with other talent on the market. You just kind of have to bite the bullet knowing that this is someone that Giannis would prefer to play with. And frankly, and some people won't like it, this, this would be them largely running back the roster they have. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll switch out some some spare parts at the end of the rotation and the roster. But this was a team that I think would probably like to view it as more or less a fluke that they lost in the first round because Giannis was hurt. Now, was that the case? Giannis still played a chunk of that series. This is a team that obviously gave Milwaukee problems anyway. They were outscored um, with him on the floor. Right. So I don't think it's quite that simple, but also it, it becomes a, a math question of where do you get this production, whether it's Middleton and the role that he plays on this team, the unique role he plays on this team is a guy that sometimes can take the ball out of Giannis's hands, but also plays well with them in the pick and roll, a guy that defends, but a guy that hasn't stayed healthy. How do you produce? How do you get someone that can produce at his level, given that you wouldn't have the money to replace him necessarily? You couldn't use his salary slot to replace him. And with Brooke, it it might be harder. Like he might be the the more irreplaceable of the two. It, it sounds probably crazy to some people to say that, but like you said, three point shooter, and and you know, and let's not lose sight of the fact that he developed into that very quickly. Um, I wouldn't say overnight, but pretty much. And and also has developed into someone that can do more than just drop, uh, can do that, but also as a defensive player of the year candidate, um, you know, with with his rim protection ability and his ability to just kind of make stuff difficult for offensive players. So I think you just kind of have to do it. And, you know, maybe that's a, a an uncreative answer, but it's uh, I, I think you kind of just have to and hope that you guys are good enough. And when you have the best record in the league, I think you can at least roll that the dice with that sort of situation. Yeah, I just think they're in an interesting position. You know, the Giannis clock is kind of always ticking. Um, he's going to be extension eligible again soon. He has a player option at the end of his deal. He could be a free agent as soon as 2025. I'm not going to try to start the Giannis may leave again conversation, but they're in a fascinating Oh, no, it's already started. It is. It's That's the thing. Started. Yeah. You have to – I mean, teams have to be <laughs> – the worst phrase is monitoring it, but teams have to have their, you know, kind of – Ears perked up watching what's happening in Milwaukee, right, Mannix? Uh, they are. Um, most of the major market teams, beginning with New York, are paying attention. Um, but, you know, Giannis has never indicated he wants to be anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And despite all the things we just said, if they bring back Chris Middleton, if they bring back Brooke Lopez, they're going to be you know, a presumptive favorite to be the number one seed in yep. the Eastern Conference. And maybe the presumptive favorite in this new NBA to win the whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're right. It's not as simple as Giannis was injured against Miami, and he did play in three of those games. They lost all three. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. You know, he missed most of one of the games that he played right. in because of the injury, and I have no idea what kind of limitations it placed on him, you know, for the rest of that series. So 
I don't know. I, I'm not overreacting to Milwaukee's problems at the moment. I think if they're willing to spend and there's nothing in their recent history that suggests that they're not, they know full well that if they don't spend, uh, that they're running the risk that Giannis will look at it and say, well, you know, you're not giving me the talent I need to succeed at, and that could become problematic. But if they do spend, they're going to be in a great position. I think they've still got two or three years left of high-level Chris Middleton. I think you've probably, based on what we've seen, got at least two years left of pretty high-level Brooke Lopez, whose game has aged exceptionally well. You've got some good players in that rotation, uh, and Giannis is still arguably the best player in the NBA. So, yeah, I mean, teams will... Will will you know be quietly rooting for the implosion of Milwaukee? But barring that, I don't think there's, I don't think there's an overwhelming reason to be concerned about Giannis forcing his way out of town. For sure, I will say for what it's worth, the last time they lost to Miami in the playoffs, they came back and won a championship the next season. So they're going to be very good if everyone is healthy. But Lopez is, I think, low key a, a swing player um, in this free agency. I want to move on, just really hop around the league here. Uh, you know, Herring, you wrote this week about players you'd maybe like to see have a change of scenery. Mannix, you wrote this week about what you're hearing about different players around the league. I want to try to touch on as much of these names as possible. I want to start with DeAndre Ayton. I think it was Mark Stein who first reported that uh, Ayton was maybe on the table in a draft night deal that was sent him to the Mavericks. Uh, the Mavs were obviously wheeling and dealing that night, looking for help in their front court. I think one thing we've all kind of wondered you know, Chris Haynes reported the Suns are indeed going to move forward with DeAndre Ayton. I mean, who knows at this point? Um, I think we're all wondering after the Suns acquired Bradley Beal, will they keep DeAndre Ayton or will they try to move him for a couple contracts? Is there a team that you think out there that makes sense for DeAndre Ayton for the Suns to try to move him to? and Or do you think they should try to hold on to him? What do you think is the best route forward for Phoenix? Uh, I mean, I'll start. I, I think that Dallas really is, yeah. I, I don't want to say it's the only team that's interested in DeAndre Ayton, but they're in a position way where they're desperate enough to make a big move for him. And if it's true, as Mark Stein reported, that it was the inclusion of JaVale McGee, which, by the way, would punctuate <laughs> a fairly catastrophic relationship with JaVale McGee, which apparently included... You know, the Mavericks deciding with JaVale McGee over Bruce Brown last year. Uh, if, if that's what, you know... I think they gave him, like, that, three years? That was a wild contract. Yeah. Like, they, they gave him a, a, a new deal, and then they declared him the starter, and that, you know, anyone with eyeballs knew that wasn't really going to work. Um, I, I do... I, I, I don't believe that the Suns are now fully committed to DeAndre Ayton. I think mm. the Suns are looking at their roster and saying, yeah... DeAndre Ayton certainly works with this group, especially when you factor in that Frank Vogel's defenses have always been built around a superior big, especially a superior defensive big, whether it's Roy Hibbert in Indiana, Anthony Davis, and to a lesser degree, Dwight Howard in Los Angeles. Uh, Frank Vogel wants DeAndre Ayton there. He's told me as much publicly. Um, but if you can get two or three rotation pieces in exchange for DeAndre Ayton, 
you're probably better off because right now the Suns have six players under contract and virtually no flexibility to add all minimum players only all can minimum only players. add minimum players in free agents. And I think there are some probably some levers they could pull that to, to to do a couple things. But it, it really is this is it. Like this is what they're they're you know I saw a report out there that you know ring chasers are going to want to go to Phoenix. That that might be wishful thinking. I mean that's you know I, okay I don't know who that is and it just feels like the buyout market all over again where you get these minimum guys that turn out to be a little bit less than what you hoped. They also will not have access to the buyout market, by the way, this season. It's another, who who they got is who they got to roll with. Yeah. Look, they're, they're, they're looking at minimum guys. So the point is if, if they, if there's a deal out there that can net them two or three rotation players for Deandre Aiden, I think they're going to take it. Uh, I don't think that offer is there right now. I don't know if the Dallas offer post Kyrie Irving signing, because that's going to happen, uh, is is going to uh, rematerialize. But uh, I, I would not, you know, set up DeAndre Ayton's locker in Phoenix just yet. Uh, that's I, my way of putting. It. I, I would. <laughs> I, I, I would not. That's just my reading. You wouldn't hang the jersey up. <laughs> I wouldn't hang the jersey just yet. I'm kind I of. Would, how about this? I wouldn't put his. Uh, was it last year? Remember, I, I was there last year when Kevin Durant was traded and they were putting up that signage outside Talking Stick <laughs> Arena with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. Uh, that signage obviously is coming down or has come down <laughs> already. Uh, I would mm. not put up a new sign just yet <laughs> with wait. DeAndre Ayton's face on it. Don't let the marketing team get involved. This is completely random, but I was at a Suns game last year where DeAndre Ayton, he likes to take a half-court shot to end his warm-up, and he was just, he couldn't hit it. And he was he had to have been out there for like eighteen minutes to the point where several Suns players and employees were gathered around a TV watching him take the shot. Um, I'm <laughs> just seeing when this he's needs to be it. embedded into a profile. This <laughs> yeah. needs to be a lead of a story. This really is, badly. Uh, uh, I'm kind of surprised the Suns didn't do that Tim Hardaway trade because I believe it was Hardaway McGee and one more player. And for a couple of reasons, I think they should have taken on Javale McGee. Yes, you know, he's got one more year on the contract after this one, but they kind of need those salary slots. They need players making a little bit of money that they can include in future trades. Uh, they need big man depth if they're going to trade Aiton. I mean, you could do worse than McGee as a backup big. We've seen him work in different contexts on good teams. Kevin Durant knows that. And Tim Hardaway would have been a useful player. The problem is, again, it's like, how many like wing shooters is this team going to acquire before they try to go for someone was a little bit more defensive focused. What do you? What did you think of that rumor herring? And what do you kind of make of the Aiton situation overall? I mean, I, I think multiple things. One, absolutely, if you're able to get the right, what you consider to be the right guys to slot in his money. I, I keep thinking about the Chris Depp's Porzingis trade because that was more about taking the flexibility, getting more flexibility for a big contract when he was traded from the Mavs uh, to the Wizards. It was about getting Dinwiddie, you know, essentially just just getting two players. I think it was him and, and Bertans mm-hmm. um, that, that you just wanted to do that just to get flexibility. And both those Wasn't contracts a, have since been moved. Yeah. Right. And it was it was always more about that. It was It was just that this isn't really working and we don't really see it, but we can't trade – it's really hard to trade this one guy, so let's break it into parts and also try to bolster our rotation that way. The Suns desperately need more rotation than than what they have, more depth than what they have. 
I don't think Aiton is necessarily like a huge difference maker for them. It's been a while since he's really been that in a playoff setting. Um, the way I think about it was just looking at, okay, they added Durant last year. Durant obviously is going to change the ecosystem of your offense. DeAndre Ayton's usage rate plummeted quite a bit when they added Durant, which could have been expected. So now you not only add Durant, now you've got Beal, and Beal's replacing essentially Chris Paul. Chris Paul was the pick-and-roll partner with Ayton. So it's like Chris Paul's also not someone that's taking a ton of shots. So that ecosystem, when you also throw in Devin Booker into it, obviously, um, DeAndre Ayton might not get many shots at all, really. And yeah, he's okay on defense. Like like Chris was saying, he can he's he's workable defensively. He has good moments defensively. He's had better than expected moments against elite centers defensively. I'm not taking that from him. But the reason you want him out there a lot of time is for offense. And sure, you would love to have him as your fourth option offensively. But one, who's feeding him the ball? Uh, I think that's one of the big question marks for this team is like, who's going to be the point guard on this team? And and secondly, if he's your fourth option and he was, I mean, no one's ever said it, but like if he's potentially unhappy with his role, his dwindling role in an offense when he's reaching his prime, why why go with that? Like, why not just swap him for something else for multiple parts if you can get that? You know, we can quibble about whether or not the Dallas offer would have been best. Uh, the Suns know JaVale McGee because he was in their organization. They might not want that exact fit. Um, and and like you said, Tim Hardaway is not really defending anybody. So that wouldn't necessarily be my favorite trade either, but I would be very itchy to kind of not, not just giving him away for anything, but I would love to get rid of, of Aiton if I'm the Suns to try to find some home for him and get back a couple of rotation guys to just deepen a roster that is not, has no depth to it whatsoever. I want to give, I, I want to give you Aiton credit though for, I mean, being the anchor of that defense because I mean, they were top 10 the last three years, uh, that 64 mm-hmm. win season, they were top three, uh, not like he has great defenders around him or ever really has. I mean, I think Chris Paul's defense, yeah. I mean, I mean Chris Mikhail Paul Bridges was there. Mikael Bridges was there, no question. Best perimeter defender, you know, arguably in the league. Uh, you know, but you need a defense. You need a guy at the rim. And yeah, besides sure. Bridges, like, what are we talking about? I do think Chris Paul's defense has been has slipped in recent years. I don't yeah. think Devin Booker is a great defender. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant gets there, only plays a handful of games. They still stay, you know, were they seventh last year in overall defensive efficiency? I I, I think he's he's yeah. pretty valuable. In, in he's the better than he gets credit for, yeah. for sure. Yeah. He's and, also you know, and if, I'm, if I'm DeAndre Ayton, too, like, you know, I feel like we talk about DeAndre Ayton like he's averaging eight and six, right? The guy's <laughs> averaging average 18 and 10 over the last, you know, few years, right around there 18, 17, 10 rebounds. It's been pretty consistent. Uh, I'm sure he'd like his shots to go from the 13 to 15 range to like 18 to 20, but you're still getting 18 and 10, and you already got paid. So, I don't really know what we're talking about here sometimes with DeAndre Ayton <laughs> being disgruntled. Um, and I think you put in with Frank Vogel, and Frank, one of Frank's great skills is kind of connecting with guys, uh, you know, especially big men. You know, Roy Hibbert, what was Roy Hibbert before Frank Vogel took over in Indiana when they started getting into the rule of verticality stuff and, you know, featuring more offensively? He had LeBron practicing floaters. <laughs> he'd, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, but but like you know he got AD and Dwight to succeed yeah. together in the front court. I, I I think I think Aiton would thrive under Frank Vogel in in ways that not that Monty Williams didn't have success with him, but that relationship was toxic. Like mm-hmm. that was that was over. And if Monty Williams was back as the head coach, 
DeAndre Ayton could not be there. I think he can be there in Phoenix because Frank Vogel will have an entirely different approach to coaching DeAndre Ayton. And look, if you're already a max guy with multiple years left on your deal and you're averaging 18 and 10 and you're on a team that can compete for a championship, what exactly more do you need? Like what... Do you really want to be a Detroit Piston and average like twenty and fourteen? Like, does that does that well, make that big a difference to you? Can Can I chime in with this one thing, just from the standpoint of also, if you're Phoenix, another incentive I would think to try to find some home for him is his. A lot of times, you kind of wait on trading people because you want them to build their value. Again, just go down the list of the the three guys that um, are going to be running this offense for them. Where is Aiton going to be averaging 18 to 20 points in this offense in, with that role in their queue? He's not going to really produce more than he has with this team. He might, certainly if he goes to Detroit or somewhere else, he very well could, probably would. It's not going to happen with Phoenix, so I don't see his value unless someone gets hurt, and that very well could be the case with Kevin Durant or, or Bradley Beal, as we know. But if it doesn't, you're not really expecting his production to take off once Chris Paul leaves the 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 premises. I just don't really see what the upside of of hanging on to him if you're hoping to be able to trade him later. If you're not and you want to work with them because you feel like Vogel will get through, that's completely fine. That's completely fair. Then let's drop this conversation about trade possibilities. And 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 the Suns can do that whenever they want. Maybe that was the effort that they were making with the with the Chris Haynes report. I'm not sure, but we'll yeah. we'll, we'll get a better sense of it soon. I, I do think Aiton is talented. I've I've been a fan of his. I do think that the Monty Williams relationship got so bad. I wish you guys could have been there in the press conference room after Man. Game 7 in 2022 when Monty was asked about Aiton and gave the very short answer about him. Uh, they just didn't talk that entire summer. It, I'm, I also agree. I think Vogel can get a great performance out of him. It's just going to be, I think, a constant question of, is the best possible version of Aiton that you get playing around these three high-usage guys offensively worth not trying to turn him into two contracts? And I think, to Herring's point, the Suns can kind of put a rest to that if they stop shopping him. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Moving on a little bit, I want to talk about a trade we got (laughs) earlier this week. Not necessarily maybe the most shocking one or blockbuster trade, but I think one that's going to illustrate how teams are operating um, over the next couple weeks. The Atlanta Hawks, who last year just basically punted on Kevin Herter after acquiring DeJounte Murray. Herter goes on to have a great season in Sacramento. I get it. They acquired Murray. You know, how much playing time are we going to get? Blah, blah, blah. I thought they gave up on Kevin Herter way too soon, just basically dumped him for a first-round pick. Then, this week, they trade John Collins to the Utah Jazz in, again, what's just a salary dump, like not getting anything or anyone notable in return. They get Rudy Gay, who, frankly, is is not going to contribute to a a high-level playoff team at this point in his career. Collins has been on the trade market for so long, but I think the idea was always get someone back who's maybe a better complement next to Trey Young. You know, Atlanta has an expensive front court. They got Okongwu and Capella. Um, Herring, I'll start with you. I, this trade bummed me out. I mean, Woj tweeted that, you know, Atlanta's front offense has the license to spend. I don't know how much I believe that. This has never been a tax-paying team. Uh I don't know how much anyone bought into their conference finals run a couple years ago, but they were in the conference finals a couple years ago. Uh, what did you make of just kind of punting on John Collins here? I mean, can we be real here for a minute? Um, <laughs> this was a this was a team that, as they made their conference finals run and got what was it two games within an NBA Finals berth, mm-hmm. that their owner straight up said, "We ain't keeping this team together. It's getting expensive." Essentially said that. Which, I I mean, like, okay, it's not the first time an owner has said that. But this was a young team. Everybody on this team was young. Because of that, everybody had the potential to get paid. Even people like Cam Reddish were were kind of salivating over the possibility of getting a bigger role, getting a bigger payday. John Collins was one of those people as well. Um, it hasn't worked. Um, now, the, the, the fallacy with what they did is that because they decided they weren't going to pay all these guys, they started selling them off for – you know, despite the fact that these were talented guys. Cam Reddish, I think, is fine to move on from. He was probably the one I was the least high on anyway. They did that. I don't think it's come back to bite them necessarily. Uh, when we talk about Red Velvet, though, when we talk about Kevin Herter, <laughs> I mean, the guy was one of the best shooters in the league last year, certainly the first half of the year, and even after that, was one of the most – I think he might have been more efficient in handoff situations than Steph Curry was. Him and Keegan Murray both, by the way, Keegan Murray being a rookie, that was part of why the Kings took off and was a a home run gamble, if you even want to call it a gamble, a home run move for the Kings to take a chance on someone 
that a, another team wasn't saying the guy's not good, he's not talented, he's not a fit. It wasn't any of those things. It was like, we don't want to pay him because he's expensive. He's going to be expensive. Okay, that's essentially what they did with Collins. The only exception is he was one of the guys they decided to keep, saying to themselves, okay, he's pricey, but if we have to trade him at some point, fine. We can trade him somewhere and someone else will take his deal. So they gave him, what was it, 25 a year? They gave him 25 a year. And then what do you know? As you make all these other moves around the edges, you make a pretty big move into Jante Murray. Um, the same questions that we're having about Aiton to some extent about how many shots is this guy going to get in this offense? That question becomes true of John Collins as well. And what do you know? He goes from being a pretty decent three-point shooter in his career to shooting 29% last year. His value is rock bottom. And that's the problem here is that you, you can't give guys away, essentially, that actually are pretty productive for you. Even if his production has fallen, okay. I mean, he was are dealing you, injuries last year. I don't think his shooting numbers last year indicate how talented and, he is. And you're right. Particularly, I think it was a hand and a finger injury that he was dealing with. So that's going to impact the shooting. But my point is, like, don't talk to me about the idea that you're willing to, if you need to, you're willing to spend whatever is necessary, go into the tax. What have you, like, at a certain point, you need to show me something rather than tell me. And you have shown nothing to suggest that you're willing to spend all this money. You've actually done the complete opposite. Another team that sometimes has been guilty of that, oftentimes has been guilty of that, has, has been the Rockets, quite frankly, with, with the way that Tillman Fertitta has spoken. We know that there's some cheap aspects of, of that operation. <laughs> we know that. We've seen it. We've heard it. We, we've heard other people leave and talk about it. So I don't want to hear anything more about what they're willing to spend when they're making basically dollar saving moves. Uh, you could have held on to John Collins longer than this to hope that he can recover his ability a little bit, or at least his statistics so that you could trade him for more than what they got, which was, was peanuts. And you, you don't build a winner that way. And it's, it's a little bit strange to see it. It's very strange after all this time we had of John Collins being on the trade block, that this is what you like. That's just poor, 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 management at that point that you're not going to get anything for him you might as well have held on to him in my opinion well i would have liked to at least have seen john collins with uh a full year with quinn snyder um, mm -hmm. to, Me see too. If, to see if snyder would emphasize collins more than nate mcmillan did the last couple of years i mean that's the you know we can talk about the injuries but you know his role was de-emphasized in Nate McMillan's offense the last couple of years. I mean, just look at the number of shots he's taken. You go to his second and third season when he was averaging right around 13, 14 uh, shots per game. He was then averaging close to 20 points per game. The last couple of years, it's 10, 11, and he's averaging 16 points two years ago, 13 points last season. That's why I think this is a great deal for Utah. I mean, Utah gets a guy who's still only 25 years old. It's remarkable mm -hmm. that John Collins yeah. is only 25. Um, and now you get John Collins, you get Lowry Markkinen, you get Walker Kessler in that front court, all guys that are kind of mid-20-ish and younger, and and you can build around that. Collins' contract is not awful, three years left uh, no on way. that deal. And Utah's got to pay somebody anyway, so you might as well pay John Collins you know, for the next couple of years. Atlanta, no, they're, look, they're a play-in team, and maybe they're out of the playoffs entirely. I mean, the Trey Young, De DeJounte Murray uh, partnership did not look good you know, together last year. Uh, you know, they, they, they've drafted well over the years, so maybe, you know, more of those pieces develop. But I, I don't see anything that tells me Atlanta is is going to be any good. And I agree with you guys. Like, they, 
you know, I, you read about, you know, they got this giant trade exception now. Okay, <laughs> I, I believe, I believe that they'll use I, that. I put when money I see on it. the fact that they're not going to use it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to know the the magical twenty five million dollar player that becomes available for them to trade. And there for might in the be. First I mean, there yeah. might be. Like, yeah, you know, I, I think they they could use it if they wanted to. It doesn't. Again, it doesn't have to be a twenty five million dollar guy. They can use a portion of it. Um, but it, it, they're just they are what they are. Like, you know, the the team I saw last year and the team I saw the year before that is that's what Atlanta is. That's not the team that went to the conference finals a few mm-hmm. years ago. This is what Atlanta is. And, you know, unless Trey kind of rediscovers his efficiency numbers and the second year of the Murray partnership looks a lot better, they're a playing team. It's It just is what it is. I don't disagree. I, I want to say a couple of things. First, I love this trade for Utah. I think Will Hardy is quickly ascending to one of my favorite coaches in the league. I think he's one of the better coaches in the league. It's also, we've seen Lowry Markinen have success in kind of this three big alignment before. It's a little bit of a remix version of what he was playing with in Cleveland when they had Mobley and Jared Allen. So I'm excited to see how that looks for Lowry. I agree. I think they could not have gotten him for less. Uh, they got him for practically free. I, I can't remember the last time a trade like this happened where you got someone this talented for an old player who wasn't part of your rotation and a second round pick. I think it's it's going to be a fantastic fit for Collins in Utah. And it just bums me out because I think this is what the NBA wants to a degree with the second apron and the new CBA is they want talent spread out, right? Like how else does Utah go out and get a John Collins type? Otherwise, it doesn't really happen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Trey conversation kind of leads me into this next player who I want to talk about because I think these two guys are both in very similar positions. That's Trey Young and that's Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I think both have maybe, I wouldn't say they've hit their ceiling, but I think their teams are maybe growing a little bit impatient with what they can deliver in terms of postseason success. I think Atlanta is at least going to give Trey Young some time with Quinn Snyder. I know Trey Young's dad is very excited about what Quinn Snyder can do for his career, but let, let's go to Minnesota, for example. They re-signed Nas Reed to a three-year extension. I think he's... In I'd like some, to say for the record that you wanted to lead with the Nasri. Listen, extension. I'm, like, I'm we, a Nasri we, we just put that out there. Like when I read your uh, version of the rundown, you wanted to lead. Listen, a, a let's free not, agency show with the Nasri extension. Let's not disrespect Nasri, who let's I would not argue, overly respect him either. It's fair enough. I would argue, based on contract, he's kind of the most viable asset the Wolves have at center. If you're into asset talk, um. Should the Wolves trade Carl Towns? Let's just get to it. Let's not beat around the bush. Uh, Manic, should they trade Carl Towns? No, because his value is not what it was a year ago. Uh, he played 29 games last year. His three-point shooting numbers dropped. His field goal percentage numbers dropped. Uh, his scoring numbers dropped. So he is still young enough. What is he? Uh, 25, 26, 27 years old. Going to be 28 uh, right around the start of next season. I, I just don't. I, I don't think you you deal an asset like that unless you're overwhelmed. But at this stage, you're not going to be overwhelmed by offers for for Carl Towns. Plus, I mean, you know, as crazy as it sounds, I, I would like to see more than a twenty some odd game sample size of this group together. I would it not would not too. to not to vindicate Tim Conley for that deal, which could <laughs> still go down as one of the worst deals in in modern NBA history. Uh, but you know, we didn't see much of it. You know, Carl Towns had what one of the worst lower leg injuries we've ever seen with you know the time it kept him out of the lineup and you know, it sabotaged any chance he had of developing on court chemistry with with Rudy Gobert. And you know, you got Anthony Edwards, another year older. Um we'll see what else they can do, you know, to kind of add to that mix in free agency. But yeah, I, I just still like to see that group together. I mean I don't I don't think that group is championship level. I never did. Because, you know, playing two bigs in today's NBA is, is pretty challenging. You often don't succeed with those types of lineups. But I don't think it's as bad as what they were last year. Mm. I think if you can keep Gobert and Towns together on the floor for 60-some-odd games, keep Anthony Edwards on the floor for that amount of time, let's see. Let's see what they got. Um, I think selling low right now would be a mistake for Minnesota. Yeah, I, I, I think... First of all, I can't pivot out of what I just said about Atlanta and what they just failed at and then say trade Towns when he's essentially at the lowest value that he's had since he's been in the league. First of all, I think he's still a really good player. I mean, it has to be frustrating for any number of reasons for Wolves fans from the standpoint of the the postseason production, the foul outs, the near foul outs, the decision making. Um and then, obviously, when someone is injured, uh, and it hasn't always been injuries for him, 
there was the COVID, the time that he missed, um, you know, and I think also understandably that he was hit very hard by COVID from the standpoint of just his family. It's been a, a, a strange few years for him. I don't think he was the one that asked for the Rudy Gobert situation. And and let's be really honest here. That looks like potentially such a seismic mistake that it's going to speed up the timeline on figuring stuff out very quickly. Uh, I don't think that the question of should they trade Towns was coming up nearly as much as it is now um, because I think most teams, most people would be thrilled with a core of Towns and Anthony Edwards. I still think most people would be happy with that. Gobert is kind of the one that was added to this and all of a sudden adds this sort of pressure of like, is this going to work? If it's not, we have to pivot. You can't pivot by trading him because if you're Tim Connolly, that's too much of an acknowledgement that you effed up, quite frankly. Also, you would get very, very, very little back for him relative to what you traded to get him. Uh, The Walker Kessler part of this looks ridiculous, you know, at this point. Um, you would have been much better served just having him and letting him develop with this group. Um, but at this point, you have to let Towns kind of restore some of his value. If this season doesn't work out and it's with them being healthy, so be it. You figure that out. I think that even at Mike Conley's age, you might benefit from having his wisdom and his know-how for a full season as opposed to having D'Angelo Russell play poorly for a good chunk of the season, not be a good fit defensively with this group. And... Who knows? Anthony Edwards, I, I had him on my all-NBA team. Um, some of that, yeah, sure, was was because he played so much more than all the other guys that were up for it. But he also was damn good. And he's young and is you know presumably going to get better. So I, I'm fine with taking more of a wait-and-see approach with it. I think you need to do that if only to let uh, Towns' value rehab a little bit. But, you know, I'm also hopeful that, okay, you got to see what wasn't working before Towns was hurt. Uh, You had a really, really not so great exit from the playoffs, but you also had some really weird stuff happen at the end of the year, whether it was with Nas Reed's injury. (laughs) The McDaniels injury. Yeah, you never want to have somebody miss time and break their hand because they're punching a wall or whatever. It's a really, really talented team. I mean, we got all the way to this portion without even talking about McDaniels they're a very talented team that is capable of a lot more than what they did and they, they have a different point guard you know one of my least favorite point guards just from like a running the show standpoint certainly on a younger team to someone that is a veteran that you know again he's not great anymore um you know he's not Mike Conley in his prime but he's still very smart he's not going to lose games for you with this decision making the way that sometimes uh, D'Angelo Russell was capable of doing so. I, 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 I want to see him. I would like to see it. I'll put it that way. Uh, and uh, and I, I and I, I, I would like to see Towns get an opportunity to kind of bounce back to who he was uh, prior to all this without the, the immediate pressure of trade the guy, trade the guy, because I don't think that he was the one that was the most at fault for the situation did, that they had last year. Did you just hit us with the Monique gif right there? I did. Herring, where, I, did. I would like to see. Well, I'll make the case for trading town since both of you are cowards, apparently, <laughs> um, with this wait-and-see patient kumbaya nonsense. Not what I come to this podcast for. Uh, let me just say this. I think Anthony Edwards is incredible. You mentioned Herring. You voted him All-NBA. I think he's a star right now. I think he's someone who's ready to take the next step. If you're the Wolves, I think you have to build this team not around Carl Towns, but around Anthony Edwards. And I'm looking at Towns as this is my best chance to trade someone. 
because they don't have to do the they don't have to do the Dame Lillard type expected trade or you know they don't have to do the Donovan Mitchell type trade where they're looking for a bunch of picks and stuff in return. I think they could use Towns to go out and get an all-star. Use him to go out and get veteran championship-ready rotation pieces. I'm not saying it's going to turn them into a contender, but it might be their best chance who, to put... Who? Who? Tell I, me I, who. I'm going to throw a name. I'm going to throw a name. What about Paul George? <laughs> okay, you're going to trade for Paul George, and then Paul George is going to want an extension, or else you're <laughs> going to lose Paul George in a year. So... You're going to trade Carl Anthony Towns for either one year of Paul George or <laughs> four years of potentially broken down Paul George. That's what you're telling me. I Ooh. just think that they do not, they're not going to sign, they're not going to go out and sign a free agent. They're, Anthony Edwards is going to be too good for them to tank. I just not going to sign a free agent because nobody signs in Minnesota when that's they have my other point. Options. That's my like, point. That's, I, I just think that, that Towns, I think, is their most valuable way to get a legit co star. For Anthony Edwards, and I don't you think offer Towns, Towns is the guy. If you offer Towns for Paul George, like Lawrence Frank would, you know, fly Paul George personally to <laughs> like, to get to get Carl Towns. Like that, that, that doesn't. I, I wouldn't do that. That's that's because you're not. If it was five years ago, maybe, but you're going to lock yourself into an early to mid thirties Paul George who wants a new contract. Like, how does that get you to any place further than what you would get? With Towns. Now, I, you, you got to keep this guy there and at least see what you got for one season. You know, if if he can stay healthy, his value is only going to go up. Hell, don't even go a full season. How about you go to, like, the trade deadline yeah, and, and all right. see You know what? what? And, and, and to Maddox's point, not not to – this isn't even the part that I'm agreeing with from his standpoint. <laughs> Rehabbing Towns' value is important, but I disagree from one standpoint. I agree, sure, that if you've got a, a, a great opportunity to land – a legit co-star right now, right then and there with him, absolutely you go for it. But I also think because it's Minnesota and because, as you're acknowledging, nobody really wants to go sign up to play there, I do think you have to be looking for picks back for this guy because that's mm. how you build a team in Minnesota. So well, I, that's not I hear you. The Clippers, that's for sure. <laughs> it, they don't have much to trade in, in that way. But I do think that you have to be mindful of you just gave up so much to get Gobert in picks you're Minnesota. You're not going to be a free agent destination. Go get some of those picks back. And you know you can't get it through trading Gobert again. So Towns really, unless you're going to trade Edwards, at which point you might as well just start your franchise over, which you would be. Uh, I, I think you do have to be looking for picks back for him. But ideally, here's the other thing. If Towns is playing the way he's played before, you could get picks and a star. And that you know, like that's why I think you do have to – let him rehab his value a little bit because we know he's not as bad as he was. Let's not even as bad. He he's to me he's it's it's someone not about- that normally plays, and he's someone that is a, is an all NBA talent. Like normally we could slot in the three. This was why it was so interesting that Sabonis was all NBA. Normally we know exactly who the top three centers are going to be for all NBA, and Towns is normally that guy. And so to we me, know that it, that's what he is. It's less about Towns' individual talent, which I agree is very good, and more so his fit with. Edwards and Gobert. I mean, they have to account for the Gobert f up. I'll throw one more fake insane trade out there. You, but how do you know it's an f up? Because they didn't play together. Like, they didn't are, get any are, opportunity you, are you? Are you? You're, you're bullish. You're buying Gobert Town stock. I'm not bearish yet. <laughs> I'd like to see what they do. I'm certainly more <laughs> bullish on Gobert and Towns as part of your team than 33 year old Paul George, who's going to opt out. Who's going to opt out of that contract after next season? 
faster than it took for him to get to Minnesota. That's for sure. Here's, here's one more fake trade that I don't know if it will make you more or less angry oh, your fake, your fake than you are currently. Stop. I'm going to uh, let Maddox stick. take what the first about, slice of what this because he's, he's ready, boy. Would you offer Carl Towns for Zion? Yeah, but... Would I, if I'm Minnesota, would I offer Carl Towns for Zion? Uh, yeah, I would do that. Um, okay, now because, yeah, look, I, that that actually isn't uh, not the ridiculous. worst, not, not the, the worst. worst, not the worst. Look at Rohan looking, looking, for, <laughs> looking for validation. I see. I, know. I can it's see like, the. You can see Manix <laughs> thinking so about happy. it though. Manix is coming around to it. No, I mean, he look, was ready to pounce before you. I said was. That. I thought you were going to say like Julius Randall and picks. I thought you were going to go there. I really did. Oh, man, um, oh, look, I, I think that makes a degree of sense. Um, <laughs> but look, Zion's a five. You know, and, and I think it's less likely that Zion can play opposite uh, Rudy Gobert than Towns mm. playing opposite Rudy Gobert. Like, Towns, at least, there's a three-point threat. Zion is right. not a three-point threat. So now you're talking about having two bigs that are paint-oriented. You know, I would probably do it if I was Minnesota because Zion's under contract for the next five years. Mm-hmm. He's 23 years old. You'd be buying low on him as well. And I'd probably do it if I was the Pelicans because... You know, it, it get it gets you away from what is looking more and more like a toxic relationship with Zion, and gives you a guy that, you know, I don't know if he has the same ceiling as Zion, but he certainly has a pretty high one. And you all of a sudden you get a a piece that doesn't put you in a rebuilding situation because you can't right. rebuild if you're in New Orleans because you've got Brandon Ingram in his prime, you've got C.J. McCollum on the back end of his prime, you've got guys that are ready to win now. Herb Jones, you know, just name, you know. Mm-hmm. I like that yeah. for the Pelicans a lot, Rohan. Yeah, it, I'd like it there. That's but again, nasty team. like you can't, you can't, the reason that Tim Conley traded for Rudy Gobert, you know, at the time uh, was because there was the potential to have a paint-oriented center and move Towns to four and have him be a three-point shooting four. You, uh, you'd have to move Gobert too. It, it couldn't be just, you'd have to have, have Zion being the five with that group, mm. you, you couldn't keep Gobert around. And if there's two moves to be made, sure, I could see that happening. Trade Gobert for for parts, uh, which would be an amazing white flag to wave at, yeah. at this stage. But if you did that, yeah, I could I could buy that from from Minnesota's perspective. I just more and more cannot believe. Tim Go out Connelly. on top on that one. Yeah. Though. Go out on top. I will. I will. Don't give me another trade. Don't give me another. I I know. I know when to stop. <laughs> I promise. I just for the life of me cannot believe. Uh, Tim Connolly, who I have so much respect for, made that Gobert trade. Still kind of a shocker to me. I want to let's wait wrap and see. Up. Let's yeah. wait and see what it what it turns out to be. I, right. I can't like we, we are so impatient today that <laughs> I, I just look. Carl Towns went out in what December? Like how many games they have before he went out of the lineup? Like I just yeah. I want to see it. I want right. to see it. Um, I want to talk about uh, Mannix. You mentioned this player in your column. I think he is. Uh, He's like Bruce Brown plus to me. I think whatever team signs him is going to be very excited about acquiring this player. And that's Grant Williams, who I think left the door open to a return to the Celtics in some comments he made recently. The team does have the ability to re-sign Grant Williams. He's a restricted free agent. They can match any offer he gets. Obviously, the Celtics already made the Porzingis trade. Uh, let's start there. Do you, what's the Grant Williams market looking like? Do we, I think the Kings have opened up. They could effectively, I think, replace Harrison Barnes with Grant Williams. We get Grant Williams plus another guy. I I think every team should be trying to sign this guy. 
uh, the Celtics should have played him more, in my opinion. Uh, what's the Grant Williams market looking like, and where do you think he's likely to end up? I think the Grant Williams market is going to be strong on Friday. Uh, I think teams like Indiana, Sacramento, who you mentioned, other teams that could be looking to do a sign and trade will be will be talking to him. Um, you know, he didn't have the greatest end to last season, but you know, before the All Star break, he was shooting forty one percent from three. And let's not forget, the Celtics would not have been in the two thousand twenty two finals if not for Grant Williams. Nope. His game seven against Milwaukee saved them. You know, Jason Tatum had the great game six. It was Grant Williams who had the great game seven. He's still in his mid twenties. Uh, I think there will be a robust market for Grant Williams. And if I'm Boston, I either bring him back or I get something for him because you're crazy if you're the Celtics and you go into next season with Horford, Porzingis, and Rob Williams because one of those guys, at least, is going to be hurt or out of the lineup for for periods of time. Like, it, it might be, I put the over-under like 15 games that all three of them play in next season. Horford, maybe by design, um, he's 37 years old, and I would expect him to be in that kind of 45 to 50 range for games next season. You know, you know, again by design. But Rob Williams is constantly hurt. Porzingis was healthy last year, but I think I've said this to you guys before. Like contract year guys scare me. Guys that play through pain and play through whatever because they know they're in a contract year. Porzingis, I believe, is going to get a two-year extension from Boston at some point in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so he's going to have some financial security. You know, does that impact his willingness to play through pain and and play through stuff? Uh, I don't know, but I'd be wary about counting on those three guys being healthy and available at all times. Grant Williams, like he, he's 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 durable, he's versatile. Uh, you know, he is improved as a three point shooter. You know, virtually every single year, he, he was excised from the lineup last year in part because he wouldn't shoot as much as Joe Mazzulla wanted him to. Joe Mazzulla you know, wants like 50 or 60 three-point attempts per game. You know, Grant Williams at times last season was, you know, gun-shy when it came to to shooting threes, and that's that's what forced him out of the lineup to begin with. So if I'm Boston, I know there, there are tax complications here. You probably have to find a way to get off Malcolm Brogdon's contract, and that's going to be complicated. But I'd want Grant Williams back in the mix. I think he is an ideal fit for that team. He's popular in the locker room. Um I'd want to find a way to bring him back. Herring, is there a team you'd like to see him play for specifically? I think Mannix just mentioned uh, the the Kings. Or no, you was it you that we, mentioned? I the think Kings? We, we both did. We both. Did. Um, I mean, it would be a great fit for them. Although, I, I, it's funny. I I always make a point to follow a lot of fans from the teams that I'm writing about. Uh, particularly if I'm writing about a team like the Kings that. Um, you know, the the fan base has kind of been through a lot between the team almost moving, uh, the fact that they've been through a record-long playoff drought, and then this year the joy they experienced in making the playoffs finally um, and, and kind of getting center stage a little bit and getting a shot to take down the defending champs. Uh, so I got in contact with some of them about a story that I was writing about the Kings this past year, and I've, fo- I've continued to follow them on Twitter, and seeing the fear and those fans about the possibility of them resigning Harrison Barnes uh, <laughs> was really, really interesting. But also Harrison Barnes just was not very good in the playoffs last year. He struggled a little bit at times. He, he had moments where he was solid. He's generally been very solid, but he's starting to get a little bit older. And Man, if, Williams, he, if he makes that three in game six, what a completely different 
conversation uh, it is. I mean, you know what? Like, obviously, it would have changed the narrative on that series. They they maybe you know they went to seven games. They they maybe win that series if that happens. Uh, I believe that was the winner. That was there you're was right three, because yeah. they were they were up. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I forget about that. So from that standpoint, um, it, it it's challenging because. He, he's someone that, you know, at this point, if you're looking at him or Grant Williams and their skill sets, he's maybe even a little bit bigger than Harrison Barnes is, certainly in terms of size and just weight and everything and, and can guard up a position probably more easily than uh, Harrison Barnes can at this point in his career. I I think that that would be a really nice move for them. Uh, I, I also think, and I don't know if you're going to get to this part of kind of the rundown you sent out. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on a separate call. Man, I don't think he ha- he has it in him to do it, especially now that you know a certain trade was made. But Draymond in Sacramento, Draymond in Portland, uh, would be so fascinating. I mean, obviously Sacramento because you're talking about the proximity, the, the fact that they just played against each other in the playoffs, the the stomp to Sabonis. Um, there'd be so much at play with that, but also just Draymond starting over somewhere else would be fascinating but assuming that Sacramento doesn't do that or you know that Draymond doesn't end up somewhere else uh I think Grant Williams would be a great fit for a team like Sacramento he shoots well enough to be a part of that group um so he's not necessarily hindering you from that standpoint as long as he does shoot as Chris was saying but defensively a team that desperately needs more help not only on the wings but also in rim protection too yeah, I, Sacramento is going to be an interesting team to see how they approach what they do with their cap space. Um, you know, up to thirty million. Do they do they kind of make a home run offer for Draymond? Is there a guy that they can go out and try to get? I, think I don't think it matters team. for Draymond. I really, mm. uh, I'd be surprised. I, I'm if, assuming if he's going to one of those, those yeah. quick, quick deal already agreed to kind of things. Right. Um, even with Bob Myers gone, like Steve Kerr's there, Steph Curry's there, yeah. Clay Thompson's there, and I have not heard one whisper of skepticism. Too. You know, yeah. I've seen some. You know, it's it's t- today's day and age. I've seen some of the Twitter reporting about like I could take meetings. Like I, I don't <laughs> see it. I, I, that that could be one of those six oh one p.m. Eastern kind of deals that gets announced. Yeah, it's more of a fever dream just to see what it would look like because it would right. just shake up the league in in such a way. Even without the Warriors being the defending champs anymore. Uh, that fundamentally changes the face of that team. It ch- fundamentally changes the face of the Kings, the Blazers. All of a sudden, the the, the conversation about Dame dies down finally. You know, if, if you get him to Portland, it's just more interesting and intriguing if it happens. But it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that's likely to happen or that we're expecting that to happen. Certainly. Um, that was most of what I wanted to discuss today. I'll just we had a mild bit of breaking news that i'll float to you guys if you have any reaction whatsoever but nikola vucevic headed back to the bulls on a three-year 60 million dollar deal anyone have an opinion on this where's the fart noise machine (laughs) like i mean what as we talk about the hawks and kind of like the what are we doing conversation everyone's waiting for the bulls to blow it up i I mean but but like this is an example and and uh, Maybe there's something to be said or, or written about at some point, just about the doubling down on things that clearly haven't worked. Uh, the Bulls have not only watched the Magic draft some really good players with the picks that the Bulls gave them in exchange for Vucevic, but he doesn't fit with those two lead guards that they have, or wings, you know, to put it with Levine and, and DeRozan. Um, maybe if they trade 
one of them or both of them, then, okay, Vucevic is not like he's a worthless player. He's got value in this league. He's among the leaders every year in double-doubles. He's still a, a good, solid player. He just very clearly doesn't fit with that team. And this is as as middle-of-the-road a team as there is in the league. I To give slight credit to their front office, I think they would have had a really good team in this league if Lonzo Ball doesn't get hurt. They were a really good team. They were in first place for the majority of that season that first season that they were together and stuff went off the rails in entirely once he was lost. Okay. But now what? Like, okay. If you tell me you're going to go add Monty Morris to this group <laughs> somehow, I don't know what you do it with because they don't have much to trade, but if you're going to do that, okay, we can have a conversation because then they have a, a starting guard, a starting caliber guard to go alongside that group. Okay. But just to keep this group together, unless you're trading one of your key pieces, I just don't understand the idea of extending Vooch other than to double down on something that didn't work. And and the reason I'm phrasing it that way is because um, Arturis Karnasovic was, was essentially asked about this, and he said, I, I think that trade worked out well for us. And I don't think you can say that with a straight face. You can't say it to people that I know in Chicago, to my friends and stuff, with a straight face because they all look at that and say, like, sure, he's been okay, but – would we have rather had rather had a, a Franz Wagner or something like that in the draft or you know or been able to move those picks for somebody else or something that worked better and they obviously would prefer that as fans so you know i think the bulls know the reality of it but they just have been very inflexible at this point <laughs> this is another team that really doesn't want to spend by the way as we talk about atlanta um, so we'll see what happens. Maybe they do something. Maybe they do get off Levine at some point this this summer and then there's a different conversation to be had but i i just am not particularly interested in, in seeing Vucevic back with that team, <laughs> given the makeup of that roster and the fact that he doesn't seem to fit with that group. I don't really have a problem with it only because they didn't have any any room to replace him. Right. Like if he goes, it's not like it would open up this glut of cap space that they could have used to sign a bunch of different guys. Um, it, you know, you're, you're $20 million per year salary for a durable big man like Vucevic is, is eminently tradable. Uh, and he has been yeah. like a picture of consistency the last couple of years. I mean, he, identical numbers basically the last two years, and uh, he played all 82 games last season. So I, I just think you you're not going to win with him on the team. Like you know, this group, I agree, Herring is not going anywhere. Yeah. But if you have him under a three year deal at 20 million per season, there will be a market for a guy like that. You you but can, can flip we have him the for, you can live him to Dallas. You can live him anywhere for for. Yeah. You can. I mean, you, there's lots of places. You can I send hope. Oh, Bruce Dallas would be incredible. Just but, we're going to score every time down the floor. But can we have the conversation about what Chris just said? Because that's actually my my kind of just like me being flummoxed by it. Is just it's not even just this. It's it's an accumulation of all of it. Of why and there were a couple teams that did this. The Raptors were guilty of it too. Other than going out to get Pirtle, why why let your roster stand pat? at the trade deadline for a team that I guess they almost made the playoffs as the eight seed. They almost beat Miami, but they were a middle of the road team the whole season. They knew Lonzo wasn't coming back. They've already told us Lonzo's not coming back this season. They had Vooch. They had Levine. They had DeRozan. They had Caruso. That was a first team, all defense member. They, they, they also had other guys that they could have dealt by the way too, off their bench that they just decided not to trade. And it's like, okay, Granted, they're expirings, so maybe you don't want to get off of them unless you're getting a good deal back. But 
go get some assets for what you just lost. And I think that there is to, to circle all the way back to go full circle with it to go bear. I think that there are a lot of like kind of face saving gestures that teams do because they're like, well, look, we can't acknowledge that this was maybe not our best moment. So we're not going to trade this guy because that would be admitting that it wasn't our best moment. We all know it wasn't your best moment. That doesn't mean you you just stay with someone forever. It's not to say that bringing him back is like a fatalistic mistake. It's just why keep them together last year and the year before that when you could have gotten something at some point. You could have gotten something toward a playoff run last year. And I just I, I I'm really at a loss for why you would just I, I was... stick everybody together and not break them up at all. At least Caruso. Caruso had a very high value, I think, last season. I was I was not prepared for how much this was going to make uh, Herring angry. Um. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm as annoyed, but you know what? It's funny. I was the same way with the Hawks, though, where it's just it just doesn't make sense to me why you do that where you get them, you get I, rid of them for. I, I I do think all their guys are still going to be tradable. I think Vooch arguably have more value now that he's not an expiring deal. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, that was. Uh, that was more spirited bulls talk than I was than I really bargained for, and I respect it. I love the passion. I love it. Um, that will do it for today's episode, guys. We need to let Herring go cool off. Um, it's just bad management, yep. though, with, with 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 a lot of these teams. Yeah. I just I I have limited patience for it. I, I have limited patience for the Hawks when they say that they're willing to spend. Come on, man. Let, let's go. Come on. Uh, we will be back. Uh, sometime next week after free agency is open to hopefully discuss um, some crazy moves. Until then, everyone, enjoy your summer. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 